Hello and welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. Whether you are an athlete, adventurer, endurance enthusiast or simply have an interest in sport, you have come to the right place for inspiration, encouragement, motivation and as always, plenty of entertainment. Well, the biggest weekend of triathlon in Ireland this year has come and gone. And I can tell you, I am most definitely still in recovery mode after the excitement and fun at Ironman Ireland in Yall. What an epic weekend. Taking place a week after the new Ironman 70.3 Swansea in Wales meant we pretty much went straight into the bumper festival of sport in Cork. And what a weekend it was. It's no surprise I'm still sleeping an average of 10 hours a night since Cork, but it was worth it. What an experience. From Iron Kids on Friday night to Ironman 70.3 Cork on Saturday and then Ironman Ireland on Sunday. What a privilege to be part of the team who delivered such a brilliant weekend. There were so many highlights and plenty of goosebump moments. It really was a special weekend. An Ironman finish line is always special, but knowing so many of the athletes crossing the line on Sunday was just surreal. I didn't want to leave the magic carpet, even when the thunder and lightning rolled in late in the evening and the clouds poured rain in bucket loads. There was no way I was leaving the finish line. Congratulations to everyone who crossed the line on Saturday and on Sunday. From the searing heat and sunshine to the thunderstorm, the rain and the lightning, athletes on both days braved their own physical and mental battles to make it to the finish line in Market Square. The crowds in Yall were immense. The place was bursting at the seams. The people of Yall not only opened their homes to us as a community, they opened their hearts and were as invested in the event as the athletes, encouraging, supporting, motivating and most importantly welcoming us all to their town and surrounds. You couldn't miss the good luck signs on the houses, the bunting, the flags, the welcome signs outside businesses and of course the shop and business windows who pretty much all had a swim, bike or run theme. It really was very special and most definitely Yall was the town of 100,000 welcomes. The weekend was always going to have a big buzz around it, but the crowd support from far and wide made it what it was. There were crowds everywhere, 10 deep at swim start and swim exit, out on the bike course there were pockets of people at various locations, Windmill Hill was insane and has been compared on multiple occasions to the Tour de France. It felt like there wasn't an inch of space between spectators on the run course and then the finish line, packed to the rafters from well before the first finisher on both days, right through until the final athlete, Nell McCarthy, crossed the line late into Sunday night, narrowly missing the 17-hour cutoff by just over one minute. But she crossed the line to rapturous cheers and applause from the gathered crowd. Big shout out to my fellow announcers, Jay, King of Windmill Hill, Luke and Owen Flynn, who worked their socks off across the weekend to bring the fun, the banter and their voices to the event. Huge congratulations to race director John Walnut and the extended Ironman Ireland and UK team for delivering such a fantastic weekend. The excitement is already building for 2023, so don't miss out. Get the 19th and 20th of August 2023 in the diary and get set to enter your race because this one is definitely going to sell out fast. Next on the Ironman cards for me is Ironman Wales and Ironman 70.3 Weymouth before I head stateside for October for an Ironman adventure. This weekend, however, I'm back on my gravel bike for the Galway Gravel event on Saturday, taking on the 65 crack route before heading to Dublin to MC the much-anticipated Vodafone Dublin City Triathlon on Sunday, which is seriously shaping up to be a very exciting day of racing. 
We've got the 2022 Sprint Distance National Championships, a draft legal race, plus the Age Group Sprint Distance National Championships and Triathlon Ireland National Series race. The racing is going to be super fast across both the Sprint and the Aquabike events. If you are racing on Sunday, make sure to come say hello on the day. This week, tonight, Wednesday, I'm also hosting an Instagram Live with six-time Ironman World Champion Dave Scott over on the Credo Try Instagram page. Kicking off at 7pm Irish time, don't miss this opportunity to ask Dave a question live in the session. And don't forget to check out Credo Try, the motivational app that will inspire you to be the best you can be. With more than 500 videos of motivation and takeaway training tips by Ironman legends, including Dave Scott, Mark Allen and Leander Cave, as well as the current stars of our sport, including the Brownlee brothers, Ellie Salthouse, Sam Long, Emma Pallant and many, many more. Use the code Credo Try 2022, so C-R-E-D-O-T-R-I 2022 to get a year's free subscription to the app. Now, before we get into this week's episode, a massive shout out and well done to the Irish athletes at the European Championships in Munich. I've been glued to the coverage and thrilled to see such great results from our athletes on the international stage. Hopefully I'll get some of these stars on the show over the coming weeks. Emma Porter has a roundup of the results over on the Try Talking Sport website. You can go check it out. Last weekend, Donica McCarthy and his guide Sean Husband followed up their European Middle Distance Duathlon Championship title won earlier in the year with an Aquathlon World Championships gold at the 2022 World Triathlon Aquathlon Champs in Samarin. Well done, boys. That's great work. Adding to their collection of medals, Katie George Dunleavy and Eve McChrystal added another gold and silver medal to their trophy cabinets at the Paracycling Road World Championships earlier this month in the road race and time trial, whilst Josephine Helian and Linda Kelly took home bronze in the road race and Ronan Grimes took a superb gold medal in the Men's C4 World Championship road race. Speaking of success in cycling, have you been watching Sam Bennett? He is flying the flag high for Ireland at the Vuelta with great success, which has been hugely exciting to watch. Go Sammy B, go! Closer to home, if you fancy an adventure on two wheels, be sure to check out the race face events Gravel Grind West taking place across the weekend of the 17th and 18th of September in Westport. Details of the events are available on www.trytalkingsport.com or if you fancy a 5k run in Cork, Galway or Limerick, be sure to check out the Grand Thornton series this September. You'll also find details of these events on our website. Finally, a big shout out to our partners Nuasan, whose products came in very handy over the weekend at Ironman Ireland. I know you probably think it's only my voice that needs recovery after a weekend like that, but my hips, legs and back very much appreciated the Nuasan body moisturiser and the muscle gel. My feet love the foot spray too, after two very long days. Use the code TTS15 to get 15% discount on your purchase on www.nuasan.com. Now to this week's special episode featuring the fastest Irish age group athletes from Ironman Ireland. Deirdre Casey from Cork was the first woman home in the Ironman 70.3 event, taking the overall age group female title. Graham Dillon, who races with Hup Hup, was second fastest age group male on the day and the first Irish man across the line on Saturday. On Sunday, it was Bell Park's Ellen Murphy, who was the first overall age group female at Ironman Ireland in her first ever Ironman race. Enda Bagnall from Eden Tri Club finished in fifth place overall in the men's age group race and was the fastest Irish age group athlete on the day. In this episode, they share some of their backgrounds in sport from GAA and athletics to swimming, badminton and hockey. They give us some insight into their race and experience in Cork, from their individual highlights to the epic nature of Windmill Hill to advice for people taking on either the 70.3 or the full distance event in the future. All four athletes have been successful in the sport of triathlon from race wins to overall age group podiums, world championship qualifications and everything in between. 
Deirdre, Ellen, Graham and Enda are all high achievers in sport who have worked hard to get that sporting success whilst holding down full-time jobs and balancing life outside of triathlon, which for many age group athletes is very difficult to achieve. This is a great episode of the podcast, giving you a flavour of just what it takes to not only race well in Cork and beyond, but also how to enjoy the experience of stepping up to middle and long distance triathlon, all whilst getting the most out of yourself and your performance for a result that you can be proud of regardless of the distance. Now, go grab a cuppa and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast. Our fabulous guests for today's very special episode. We have Ellen Murphy, Deirdre Casey, Graham Dillon and Enda Bagnell. Today is Sunday, so we are exactly one week since that epic weekend at Ironman Ireland down in Yall. What an incredible experience. Graham, I'm going to start with you and ask you, first of all, what did you think of the whole weekend? Uh, it was a, a great weekend, um, especially to be racing on Saturday, for Saturday to go well for me. And then to be able to get out Sunday and shout on all the others going out and try encourage all the other lads around. They let her roar at end once at one stage and he broke his stride to turn around and look at me. He didn't know who was roaring at him, but uh, yeah, Thanks it was a great weekend. Super, no problem, Enda. And how's the recovery been since? Yeah, I, I thought I recovered much better than I did and I kind of got back into it Monday and Tuesday and then had to step back, but um, back into it now this weekend. So we'll get cracking. Uh, going again next week get back into decent training so we're kind of eight weeks from 70.3 world championships in utah so that's the next race coming up so quickly turn from cork to utah yeah deirdre i'm going to come to you next uh, how are you feeling after the the last week um great like the whole it was such an amazing weekend i think you know the weather totally helped it as well but also like the support was phenomenal and i think i even realized it as the week went on like after the race and just seeing being part of the Facebook Ironman Ireland group and seeing the positive feedback from everyone like athletes it was it really was special and like you know as I alluded to when I crossed the line I have you know I'm, I am living in Dubai so I have raced a lot of races globally and just where I am it just allows you know we're kind of central and there really hasn't been a place that the support was as good as it was last weekend it was just really really like the best I've experienced and we like Windmill Hill was, was unreal like I, I said to my buddies back in Dubai I said guys I actually thought I was in the Tour de France like <laughs> um so yeah it was amazing absolutely brilliant it was fantastic and we'll get into uh, the depth of the performance and, and how things rolled for you uh, later on in the show. But Ellen Murphy, debut Ironman distance and fastest overall female age grouper on Sunday. You must still be buzzing. Yeah, yeah, I am absolutely really buzzing. Um, just been on a high all week since it. Uh, it. It just couldn't have gone better for me, actually. It was best case scenario all day round and uh had been kind of prepared for like the last 10k will be the hardest and and uh it just never happened so uh yeah just just a, a dream scenario uh, and uh, you're talking into the guinness uh, while we're chatting away today was there a guinness on the finish line for you on sunday i had only two only two until the downpour came the lightning and everything and we went down because we'd um buddy conley was still out there he was 15 hours and uh 15 and a half i believe but uh yeah two guinness that's it that's about all I had. <laughs> I wish I had more, but uh, the rains came back from 2019 and decided to end all that. So the minute Buddy came across the line, we made a beeline for, well, I had the back of a van. The rest, I don't know, hotels, campers, whatever they went to. But, it was uh, just no. that type of a weekend though, wasn't it? It was anything goes really, wasn't it? 
Absolutely, absolutely. They went perfect from from the do- uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But as Ireland does, just takes a black cloud to come over, and that's it. We're destroyed with rain, lightning, but it was a good. Actually, there was um, one of our friends. We were staying in the. We came down to the race course, and we were in a pub. We had to get into the pub. We had a couple of pints and a dinner, but we we're watching Buddy Conley uh, back and forth. At one stage, sure, we watched him. He's wading, walking, wading through the water, and that's that's Ireland for you. That's that's what they get. I would. I went out and I told him. I said, uh, "Maybe you should run, <laughs> get this over with, so we can all go home." <laughs> it was lots of fun. It absolutely was lots of fun, and the excitement was palpable. I'd say a couple of weeks beforehand, it just kept building and building. And Deirdre, you mentioned that Ironman Ireland uh, Facebook group. That was like the best show in town at one point. Everyone's sharing their their stories, their excitement, their woes, their worries. But it was a very supportive group as well. And it felt like we were such an, a magnificent community when we landed um, into y'all. Now, before we kind of talk about your performance and your results, I'd love to know a little bit about you all. Graham, because I started with you initially, I'm going to come back and ask you to tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background in sport and how a man who was playing GAA ended up on the finish line of Ironman Ireland 70.3 as the second fastest overall age grouper and the first Irishman across the line. Uh, I suppose it all kind of happened uh, by accident. Literally, I had um, an injury and I took up, I had a broken shoulder and I took up a bit of uh, coaching and uh, myself and Niall Williams, the fellow's coach, we were heading off in the Jeep. We saw an ad came on the radio for... Ironman Dublin, the first one, I think it was 2015 or 2016. Kind of had a look, what's that? And decided, I told him I'm going to do that. Didn't know at the time that I couldn't really swim and didn't own a bike and hadn't much running done. At that point, I committed. So that was it. Started doing a bit of training and got across the line in Dublin in 2015 and kind of got addicted to it from then. Once the injury healed, then never went back playing football or hurling and just kept going at the triathlon. Loved the community and loved the the discipline of the results it was always it was always up to you um coming from a team sport um to an individual sport like triathlon and especially ironman and 70.3 and full distance it has a way of um you you get out of it what you put into it and it has a way when you have a bad run in you tend to have a bad race and sometimes when you have a good run in you just tend to get the rewards for it You've done some great times I see here you did a 931 in Barcelona and a 959 in Cascais that's some serious effort. Yeah, and and I suppose neither of which uh, I was overly happy with. Like you saw, end at the weekend there, put together the, the full package of just never, never managed to get the full distance as right as I'd like to. But uh, I'm not finished with them yet. I'll have a, I'll have another couple of cracks to get them one right. So, what was your final time on Saturday for the seventy point three? I think I was four eighteen. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent. I know it a, a thirty minute swim, two twenty three bike, and a one seventeen run. So whatever the calculations were, I didn't go looking at the results too much. I was just happy to be in the position I was in. I wasn't too worried about the time. And those finisher photos that you have, you can see the excitement and delight on your face as you're crossing the line. Did you know at the time that the position you were in? Oh, I I did, but I suppose. The surprise came from being in the position I was in. Um, going down, I was kind of the goal was for an age group podium. I'd have been uh, happy with. Um, I knew coming in on the bike that there was only eight or ten bikes in transition, and Owen Lines was coming out of transition at the time. So I said, if I can catch even Owen, 
Um, today will be a good day. And then kind of with, with nine kilometres to go, I came past Soren and David and, and up into second and picked up my biker. So I knew at that point for the last 10K, poor old Sheila on the bike then, I asked her where was uh, number one that would go and catch him. And she told me he was 15 minutes up the road. So we didn't bother. We just settled in to, I said, Sheila, come on, we go and run the last 9K and we'll go for a bit of breakfast. So she was happy enough and chased me around for the last 9K. Was Sheila the girl on the bike? Sheila was the girl on the bike. Came up and introduced me. She said, no one else asked me my name. I said, well, sure, we're going to be running together now for the next while. So we were having the crack then because the support was so good. People were cheering on on the side of the road and saying, you're flying. And I said, sure, I have to. This one behind me keeps chasing me. She won't go away. How you were able to be cracking jokes running at the speed you were doing, I don't know. Um, dear, I'm going to move to you next because you got to break the tape as the fastest overall female on the day at the 70.3 race, an age group race. You said on the finish line that you were just coming back to racing um, after having two babies. What an incredible performance you had on the day. Um, thank you. Yeah, as like I was absolutely thrilled. I didn't really have any expectations, to be honest. Um, you know, I was aware that there was no pro field. And I suppose if I think back to kind of my 2018 days, I would have probably been going into the race thinking, oh, this would be nice to try and get an overall win. But, the, you know, where I'm at now, I was like, no, not a hope. Um, I did kind of, I was kind of after a place for Finland, to be honest. I thought, you know, in my age group, hopefully I might go okay. And um, so to, to win overall was was the last thing on my mind. I guess the day just kind of worked for me and, um, you know, had a decent swim. Actually, yeah, no, I was happy with my swim. All right, I think I swam 27 something. Um, and the only thing I'd really kind of felt I'd put in proper time was, was on the bike. And that went okay. I mean, it, I thought it was a fantastic course, to be honest. I kind of, you know, so many courses now are just so fast and flat and, very difficult to break up packs and all of that kind of stuff but I felt this was an honest course and um, you know no real straight stretches and just up and down and it was it was a real testing course and then I got out onto the run and I <laughs> I was thinking to myself how am I going to do a half marathon here Um, I still don't really know how I got through it but I just kind of survived to be honest it wasn't amazing but it, it was enough but you're no stranger to a podium, really. You've had a stellar career in triathlon for, for many years since you took up the sport. So tell the listeners maybe a little bit about your background. Um, yes, yeah, so like I'm the youngest of four girls and we were we kind of all were kind of a bit sporty. So I kind of got dragged along and we lived across from the local swimming pool. So that was kind of the first thing. So kind of from the ages of seven to 14, I would have done that whole competitive swimming scene. You know, you're training before school every morning, five days a week racing all the galas and then kind of at 14 I was really kind of getting into my hockey and I had to make a decision okay they were you know galas were clashing with matches so hockey won out and um, I was very lucky then to represent Ireland at all the underages so the 16 18 21s but then was uh, playing on the senior team for two seasons really 2004 and 2005 so I think the biggest tournaments there were the Olympic qualifiers which we didn't qualify back in 2004 and then the Europeans which were actually in Dublin 2005 and um, that was kind of the peak for me really and then we moved to Dubai in 2010 and I had I had tried one sprint try down in um, Skull in 2009 and that was really because my hockey coach at the time he was a good junior triathlete and we were coming back from a match one day I kind of was chatting to him about it, you know, because I had the swimming background, I was like, ah, you know, I'll give it a try. So we stopped in, um, we stopped in a bike shop and I ended up buying a secondhand bike, which was probably miles too big for me. But anyway, I tried it and have a clue. But it was really when I moved to Dubai, I got there and the hockey really wasn't 
you know, there was nothing kind of happening there. So I said, you know what, I have to do something. Um, so that's kind of when the triathlon started was really when I was in Dubai and very, very lucky to have an amazing community over there and the facilities, the weather, everything. So that's really how it started was over in Dubai. It started and it never stopped, really. Sure, it didn't because you podiumed, you've raced for Ireland, you've done loads of stuff. Yeah, I think I, I started out with the the sprint distance and I, you know, I did the whole, you know, the age group um, world championships and, you know, I raced in Beijing in 2011 and uh, London 13 and two European ones. And then it was only in 2014, then I did my first half and that was out in the States. I was visiting one of my sisters who lived there. And um, so kind of from 14 to 18, I was kind of doing a good few half Ironmans. And then uh, last week then was the first one back after four years. <laughs> It wasn't your first time being the fastest overall age grouper in a race, though. No, I was lucky in um, Kazakhstan in 2018. And it was also no pro field. So I got the benefit again of being able to cross the line first. So it was, yeah, it's good. I know from being a, a Cork woman who's been adopted by Galway, I was extremely proud of the event and the crowd uh, in Yall. As a Cork woman breaking the tape, how proud were you of the people of Yall and the, the host county of Cork, really, and what they had delivered? Oh, like incredible. Like, it, and you know, as I was saying, it was kind of even more after the event that it really kind of sunk in how good it was. And like, I was straight on to my WhatsApp group and my buddies in, in Dubai, and I was like, guys, this is. I want to make this a club race that like we have a massive community there. I actually started the club back in 2012 and it's free, like everything is free and it's just like-minded people getting together. Um, and I've made incredible friends there. And I got onto like one of the, the chairperson. I was like, do you know what guys, Cork, because you've got the half and the full, it would appeal to so many. We need to make this um, a, a club event. And, and there, there was a few from Troy Dubai that were racing actually. And I, I, I met them all right, which is nice. I kind of was like, uh, yeah, I'd love for them to see it. It was it was unreal. And to experience it firsthand, I guess, really is the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Ellen, you're coached by Will Clark, Waterford woman living in, in Dublin. You had a phenomenal performance on Sunday, crossing the line as the first female age grouper, first time completing the distance of an Ironman. Where did your journey in sports start? Uh, yeah, so I was always uh, sporty growing up, I suppose, and uh, involved with athletics, but uh, not endurance at all. I, I threw javelin and discus, uh, mainly because 800 metre running just seemed a lot harder than standing around and <laughs> throwing a javelin. So, uh, um, And I did that all through uh, school and college and then kind of uh, didn't do sport for a few years and missed it and was out with a friend on New Year's Eve 2007 and she convinced me to sign up for a triathlon. And it was a, a women's only event in Dorney Lake. And I was I was terrified doing it. Um, but I went and I loved it. And, uh, you know, I bought a wetsuit and I bought a bike and I kind of said, God, I, I've invested all this money. I better do another one. Um, and I had just moved to Dublin and I was near Ratfarnham, which was where Bellpark Tri Club are based. Um, and then I just uh, joined Bellpark Tri Club and got really involved then. And it's how I really settled into Dublin, actually, was because I, you know, I just met all these like minded people and, um, you know, uh, people living near me, people to cycle with, people to go swimming with. So, yeah, it's I've been kind of involved in triathlon ever since. And you're also a multiple national champion as well, aren't you? Only a, a national champion in, in the mixed relay uh, with, with Bell Park try uh, a couple of times. Um, and I suppose I, I have a few uh, overall podiums at national championship level. And uh, yeah, I'm really proud of those because I kind of think they're always the big races of the year and you hopefully get um, the best competitors out. So if you can kind of deliver on those days, um, yeah, it's it's nice to win a medal. 
why did it take you so long to do a full distance Ironman? Because you've been in the sport for quite a while now. Why did it take so long for you to finally step up to the distance? I think because I just really enjoyed the sprint and Olympic. And I always had, I was always setting goals for myself. You know, well, I'll try and get on the podium or uh, Caroline Kearney or Hell of the West or, you know, all the big Irish races. So um, I only did my first middle distance in 2017. Um, and I loved that. And then I suppose after that, after I did the middle distance and I loved it, yeah, the idea of the Ironman was in my head then after that. Um, and I signed up in October 2019 for Cork. Um, haven't seen Cork in uh, in 2019 and all of the rain and all of the support. I kind of said, look, the support will be there again. It can't possibly rain as heavy again for another year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought I was safe uh, signing up for Cork. Yeah. Clearly you weren't safe. <laughs> well, I think I got most of the, the sunshine and a little bit of cloud cover. So I, I, I missed the rain anyway. So you did. You did. We had great fun in the thunder and lightning, though. At one stage, I was um, standing, well, dancing on the finish line with an umbrella and a microphone. And I could see the lightning over in the distance. And I thought, mm, this might not be the smartest idea. Do you want to put the umbrella? <laughs> so I broke a microphone or two on the night with the rain, but it was worth it. We had so much fun on the finish line from the very start of the day right through to, to the very end. Enda, let me come to you next and let's hear a little bit about your background in sport because I think you were a big GA man as well in a former life. Yeah, so I played a uh, hurling most of my life, yes, through schools, through the whole lot. So that was one of the biggest things that uh, I did a bit of badminton as well through um, Sean Fitzgerald in the schools. But uh, as Graham was saying, the hurling GA took part of anything that I did, but at the age of 35, I had to retire through injury. But at that time, I didn't know what was going on with me. And at the time, I found out six months on after that was a hemochromatosis. It's a blood disease. It's a it's a Celtic disease. It's uh, for small islands. It's um, it's too much iron in your blood levels. So uh, I took six months out, really. Uh, and at the time, there was a tri club starting up where I used to live, where I'm originally from, is in Offaly. So at the time, um, Mick Collins came up to me and said, are you interested in uh, joining the tr- a new tri club? And I said, um, just give us a while there. I'm just trying to sort something out. Eventually, yes, I joined it. And from there, from uh, the age of about 35, I'm sure uh, Graham was roughly the same age. I took on Threatnon um, with hurling and all that. It was back, forth, twist and turning. I couldn't deal with that. But with Threatnon, it's only one way to go is forward. There's no reverse. Um, background swimming. Uh, I did what most parents are doing these days is my parents, thankfully, sent me to a few swimming lessons. Picked up that. Uh, running, well, I got that through naturally running but uh cycling uh so my first event for triathlon was a duathlon in nice um pick up a bike i was on a, a hybrid the mountain bike but um yeah so going forward after that it was uh it was it worked out all right it certainly did um if i'm not mistaken did you not win the metal man triathlon this year as well oh i did yes uh, <laughs> i did uh, but the thing about it is the swim was cancelled that's the <laughs> weird point that i have is the swim but after that, uh, no problem, no problem. And did you not do well in Cork in 2019 as well? Were you third in your age group in Cork? I was third in my age group, yes. Um, as um, as someone always said, the swim was cancelled. When when we were there that morning, it was howling, it was the swim, uh, the waves were coming in. Uh, but I went up with my wetsuit hanging over my shoulders and I went up and I'd just seen the people bringing the canoes in. And I, I asked the girl that was there because she was a, a steward or whatever. And I said, uh, what's going on? She said, uh, don't let no, but unfortunately, the swim's cancelled. Are you upset? I said, upset? I said, would you go out in that? <laughs> it's like a washing <laughs> machine out there, you know? But um, no, yeah, we swam on the bike. 
we swam on the bike. I know the run dried up a bit, but we did swim on the bike. And that's the thing. I have always had a neoprene because I think for that year in 2019, I couldn't get used to open water swimming. But a lot of people said to me that it was a bit colder than it normally was. So I'd put a neoprene uh, thing underneath my wetsuit. I held on to it because I put it on for a cycle. And, you know, uh, I took it off for a run. But uh, yeah, 2019, I guess. And age group qualified for Kona. Didn't go, but uh, that was good. Worked out all right again. For Cork in 2019, I remember seeing people going out with black bags on. They had marigold gloves. Or we chatted to Emma Billum before the event. She talked about the marigold gloves. But, you know, we had such a fantastic weekend in Cork. Who'd have thought that we would have been thinking about the mitigations against the heat uh, in Ireland for that heat wave that we had? Moving on to talk maybe a little bit more specifically about the race itself. Why did you sign up to Cork again? Well, I had signed up originally from 2019. Was it in 2020, 2021, uh, too? But it came around that I had to do it. So I kind of, you know, I suppose when people are looking at it, Ironman is the pinnacle of, you know, sprints, Olympic, middle distance, Ironman. You see this Ironman, I know it's only a brand, but it. I think everyone wants to try to do it. So why I signed up for it is I always wanted to um, complete the full distance, let's just call it, yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's just one of those things you have to do. It's like a, it's like you're running a 5K, 10K running for anyone that's running. You want to always want to do a marathon, you know. So Ironman is the, the next step up, I believe. And then for the rest of you, why Ironman Cork, Deirdre? Why, why the Cork race? Um, to be honest, I actually signed up with it for 2021 um, with my sister. And it was going to be a kind of a goal for her. And then for me, it was going to be... I knew my my baby would be five months old, so it was gonna it was like a sort of a motivating factor. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, while I was pregnant, kind of have this goal post pregnancy to do the race. But actually, in hindsight, I was so glad that I got cancelled because there was no way I would have been able to do a half marathon or half Ironman last year. So then, obviously, when it rolled over to 22, I was like, okay, I'll actually give it a proper stab now, and I'll be able to do it. And um, so it was kind of just thing with my sister although unfortunately she didn't end up doing it um she she did a she did the sprint in skull all right earlier in the year but then she said you know what that's enough for me and I was like fair enough so she came and supported instead (laughs) she has a year to train for next year anyway we'll put the challenge to her yes yes um Ellen why Ironman Ireland as your first uh long distance race uh yeah I think I was just when I saw the 2019 and the crowds and Windmill Hill and the buzz uh from some club mates who had done it even though the terrible weather um so yeah I suppose as well just doing Ironman Ireland it just takes a lot of the hassle and stress um out of traveling you know you don't have to pack a bike you can haul everything into a car and, and do a local race and then being able to go down and I went down a few times and cycled the bike course and that just gives me a lot of confidence before a race when I've actually done the route and I, I know what to expect so yeah just just ticked a lot of boxes. And Graham, for yourself why did you sign up to the Irish race? Again it was a deferral from the, actually from the full distance in, in 2020 that bounced back as far as this year and even I suppose up a few months ago, I didn't actually know whether I was going to take part or not. When the races opened back up, I think I just entered everything. So the qualification from Warsaw last year for Utah. So I actually had uh, I'd Majorca and Tyrone, Metalman and Cork. And there was a case of picking and choosing what was right. I ended up in Majorca, didn't go well, went down to Metalman and sure, ended took off going before the rest of us even knew that 
the swim was cancelled. He was already gone out the road, him and the other gang. We put myself, Pearl, Mike McCarran got left behind. And Tyrone, I didn't, there was a decision made not to go to national champs in Tyrone to concentrate on, on Cork. So Cork then would give me a better bounce into Utah, hopefully. So, Did you take your slot for Finland? I did take a slot for Finland. So starting to tie up 2023 already. It's amazing how these things <laughs> bounce on from one to another. So. I, as I said to you, when we were picking up the slot that night, um, by the time it got to my age group, she'd have to go all the lads that were going. It'll be some crack in Finland. It's going to be lots of fun. And next year's uh, Ironman Ireland is the week before Finland, so you won't be able to race. You, you, you nearly wouldn't want to be coming down supporting either. You'll be wrecked after two days on your feet. You'd have to go. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I think next year what's going to happen is um, people who, I think the race is going to sell out. Uh, personally it's going to sell out very very quickly and just for our listeners everyone is nodding their head and um, this is a video call that we're doing but everyone has just nodded their head when I said this um, but I think that there's going to be so many people who won't get in that are going to have so much FOMO because it's going to be another epic weekend of racing that the place is going to be twice as busy as it was this year because there's going to be so many people just want to experience the buzz of the race um, Enda did you take your slot for Kona for this year? No 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 Why not? <laughs> um, I, I'm look. It's family. I, I've I've been given enough time to train for and I train for, and I've given their look. It's it's the gang. I have, I have four kids. I've have, I've have a good partner that has a lot of patience. As you know, I can't just say, look here. I got Kona. I'm heading off for two weeks here. I don't know where it is. You have to have money, three flights to get out there to an island in the middle of the Pacific. <laughs> no, that does no to me. Um. For what I do and what I've done, it's it's fine. It's perfect for me. Kona is 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 just uh, another thing. But just to um, 2019, Brian McChrystal, we all know Brian McChrystal, he was so close at pipping uh, Alistair Brownlee, and we know him. But I met him two weeks later at the Harbour Man, and it was a brilliant uh, thing that he said, Asher, ah, sure. Kona, that's Irish camp racing that heat. You know, so um, no, 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 no Kona. Maybe another time, maybe another time. Maybe. Maybe. maybe we'd say well, I, I could be retired I've told I'm supposed to be retired since I was 40 I know that's oh. way too young you're going to get better as you get older that's great I know that's that's good like like a good wine but um, for her the, what I'm doing and what I'm doing and what, what she has to put up with I should be retired since I was 40 I gave this 35 to 40 with what we are now 44 so we'll, we'll see we'll see ah, sure. you'll get another few years out of it as well doesn't it keep you happy and out of trouble I'll try that's yeah. all I can do. I can try. That's it. Deirdre, you mentioned there that the goal was to to try and get a slot for Finland. So presumably you took your slot. I, I don't remember. I presume you did. Yes, I did. Yes. What what races will you do between now and August next year? What sort of prep will you go, do going into that? To be honest, I'm not sure if I'll do any 70.3. I kind of didn't really want to race Dubai in the first half of 2023. So that's why there was a bit of extra pressure to make sure I could tick the box in Cork. And that's now at least I can enjoy my Christmas and um, not have to race Dubai. In Abu Dhabi in November, there's the, the grand final, the ITU. Um, so I'm going to race the Olympic distance there in the 40-44. Um, so that, that's my next kind of goal. And then uh, I think about 2023 then later on. <laughs> and Ellen, did you take your slot for Kona? No, no, I didn't. Uh, just not on this occasion. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a very short turnaround. So I'm I'm probably too practical for my own good because um I actually stayed for the whole uh, Kona roll down thing and there was fierce excitement and I just loved people like spontaneously going 
feck it, I'll go like, you know, but uh, no, I'm probably, I'm probably too sensible for that myself. Yeah. Other than the finish line on a full distance race day, like the final hour for me is my favorite on race day. It's just so special. There's lots of it is special, but the final hour is just, it's really special. But then I love the Kona roll down because you have people there who are literally crossing every single finger and toe and um, that want to get there. And the, the sheer excitement, it's really special. I suppose if we look at your performances individually, Graham, I'll come back to you again on this. Were you happy with your overall performance? Did you achieve the targets that you set yourself um, for the race day? Oh, definitely. I think I raced um, Majorca 70.3 earlier this year and I just, it, it went fine, but I just wasn't overly happy with how I'd um, performed. So when I came home, we had a good look at it and decided that Cork was going to become kind of an A race going forward. Um, me personally looking at it, uh, my goal going down was to try to get an age group podium. Um, I started Chris Minter the week before and he's like, did you have a look at the overall field? And I said, I actually didn't. I only looked at my own age group to know who who was going to be in around the mix there. Um, so it was a complete surprise to be where I was. I was no more expecting to be there than anyone else was. Yeah, so really happy with with the second overall and how it finished up. And if you were to go and look at your race now, is there anything you'd do differently for your next 70.3? I'd go back to being four years old and start swimming and not try and take it up at 31 or 32 years of age. So it's probably that that ship has probably um, sailed at this stage. And uh, no, but it's happy enough. Um, that's the fastest 70.3 swim I've done. That was a fast swim anyway, with the way we turned into the tide. But no, it's happy enough, solid bike. Run-wise, I did settle when I got into second place and realised that Tom was 15 minutes up the road. Um, I did settle down there, so I'd hope that I'd have another another minute or two in the run going forward again. Going into Utah, it was a completely different race and different course-wise, so there'd be different goals heading over there. Yeah, so Tom was, what, 15 minutes ahead of you. So out on the run course, did you push hard to try and catch him or did you take the the foot off the pedal a little bit to just keep steady and think, OK, I have Utah in two months. I just need to cross the finish line here. Yeah, no, I, I, I took off at, at the plan pace and that landed me into second place after 11K. Um, I pulled up into second place and I knew I was moving quicker than um, the lad behind me on the course. I wasn't making up 15 minutes in in the last 9K, so I just kind of I dropped off probably 10 seconds a kilometer and just made sure I got home. And uh, it, it, it was really, it was starting to get really warm at that stage, so it was probably no harm to drop off. Uh, actually, really happy I did because it gave me the chance to enjoy the last 10K and, and the last lap through the, the crowds that were just huge at that stage. They were epic. Um, Enda, talk me through your race day. So your swim, bike and run performance. Were you happy? Did you hit the targets you had set for yourself? Or could you have gone faster? Or was that even in the plan? I suppose uh, the swim was just, I, I take the swim as a warm-up. Uh, um, actually, the swim went very well. I, I had a, my A plan was an hour. The B was 105, 110. Um, but I got the hour. And that was fine for me, but I really did just take it, take my time. There was no, there was people swimming by me, going on me. At the, I was no, I wasn't going to try catch feet. I wasn't going to do this. I was just going to swim to warm up. Get on the bike. It was just go, um, try to catch people. There was, I think, two went by me, but I wasn't going to go after them. I just had my plan was to just uh, knuckle down to because, like Ellen was saying, 
I did a couple of bike routes, uh, races down there uh, in Yod, um, uh, so I kind of knew the course. So I kind of knew where to where to work it and where not to work it. But um, yeah, so the bike worked out right. The run, I just have to say one thing, as Graham was saying, y'all was the people was unbelievable. I think I, I swam the run. I, I was drowned at that much with hoses and water and ice. And, you know, it was so good. It was absolutely so good. But um, you're talking about targets. Yeah, so the swim went okay. The bike, yeah. So the bike, it didn't get the A that I wanted. It got the B that I got. And I was happy with that. It was a 523, I think it was. Uh, the run, I was looking for a three, but um, I got three eleven. Now, coming into the uh, transition two, uh, I came in with a, a pro uh, a female, but I just sat. She was like she was doing a sprint. I just watched all this. I just healed all my stuff out, and I just sat there and said, "How am I going to do this run?" So the first aid station I got was just out there on the road, the just outside of T two. So I decided to stop and walk it, and just take on as much water as I can. But after that, I walked. I think I walked, I think I did, yeah. I walked every aid station, just got the water run and kept going. So um, maybe that's where I've um, effed up on the 11 minutes that I, I should have should have got back. But the heat that we were we were all running in was uh, enormous. But y'all people had uh, enormous support. And at one stage, I, I asked for water. And the joke was, it wasn't a joke, it was, I grabbed it. It was um, salty, tails, or what was it? Salty, whatever it was. I went to drink it. <laughs> it was crisps. <laughs> but anyhow, it was good. Uh, Y'all played a great part and hosing us down for a run. Only for that, no. Nah, it was everything worked out grand. And you look back at the 11 minutes and you kind of think, if you hadn't walked the aid stations, would you have crossed the finish line actually slower than that? Because yeah, walking yeah. the aid stations meant yep. that you were getting your nutrition yep, in. Yep. And I want I was yep. going to ask you all about what you did to mitigate the heat. So walking the aid stations, getting the nutrition in, not bonking on the run course, because it is still a marathon you have to do at the end of your swim and bike. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. If I didn't walk the aid stations, I would have been... I'd say four hours. I'd say I would have been lost. I said I would have been gone. I said it was, um, no, walking those aid stations is definitely one of the things that saved my run. Um, just easily taking on the war, easily taking on what was there, looking at what was what they're offering, and then just moving on. That was absolutely uh, a godsend. And anyone that hoses down in y'all, absolutely fair play to them. Bring them back if you have this weather again. Somebody was messaging me during the week saying they expected that the people of y'all were going to have huge water bills because of all the water they sprayed at everyone and it wasn't just the people of y'all you know it was people everywhere Ellen in terms of your performance again you know did it go according to plan uh yeah yeah absolutely it went according to plan I I didn't have um a preconception about where I'd finish overall or um you know even specific time targets but um I did have paces that I wanted to keep on the bike and on the on the on the run and I suppose similar to Enda um I hadn't managed to do a swim all year because every every triathlon I had done had had changed to a duathlon so I, I didn't really know what the swim form was like um but I the idea was just to go in and get some feet and stay relaxed and I came out in 103 which I, I was really happy with because I kind of thought somewhere between an hour and hour five so it was pretty much spot on what I wanted um, and then the bike. Yeah, again, because the course is so varied, like I wasn't bored one moment on the bike. You know, there was hills, there was flat, there was a bit of rough, rough roads uh, and there was so much support. So, again, I just had, um, yeah, you know, kind of power that I wasn't going to go over on uh, on um, on the uphills and then to just to use the downhills to recover. 
Um, I was very conscious on the second lap, like the heat was just something else in the second lap of the bike. And I was, I was starting to get a bit of fear then about the run, like how was I possibly going to run when I was so hot on the bike? Um, but just tried to stay on top of the the hydration and things on the bike. And then, yeah, the run, um, just, I was just so happy with the run. Um, I probably went out a little bit too hard, uh, harder than then target pace but it just felt really really comfortable um so I said I'd, I'd keep going at it and again the support was just amazing on the run because I kind of had it broken down into um you know four by 10k laps and then I realized that first 5k through y'all that was just free speed you just went the crowd just carried you along and then you just had the 5k out and back and then you were back into the buzz of the town again so that's the way I broke it down in my head the crowd in y'all was like the extra manpower, wasn't it? It was definitely the free energy that you got, especially on the run course. Oh, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And um wasn't really planned in any way. But uh, I had my family, my mom and two of my sisters were at one side of the town. And then my partner, Brendan, was at the far side. And then there was just great support from all the tri clubs. And I suppose... One of the things about racing so long is that you end up knowing so many people. And uh, yeah, I just got so many shout outs. And yeah, it was brilliant. I know even from, from from some of my own Galway Tri-Club mates, they split themselves around the town so that the athletes couldn't walk in between at all. You know, it was like, God, and you see somebody that you know you have to keep running. <laughs> so they spread themselves out so that everybody would be like um, G'd up to, to keep on moving. Deirdre, you must be well used to the heat uh, being based out in Dubai. So what did you do on race day to mitigate against the heat that was there? And were you happy with your performance on the day? Yeah, so with regards to the heat, like when I was looking at the weather forecast all week, I was just like, yes, I couldn't have asked for better. Um, because obviously, I, you know, I'm out there where it's 40 degrees and it's, uh, it, it's crazy out there. So I knew that even at the hottest Irish day, I'd be fine. And plus with a 6 a.m. start and kind of saying, OK, I should be done before five hours. I was going to be OK. But it was it was a bit of a joke here because my um, my sister-in-law's husband was also racing and it was his first half Ironman and he was looking at the weather forecast going, oh my God, this could not be worse. So I didn't really like in terms of like nutrition or anything like that, kind of do anything different to what I would normally sort of do. A lot of the races I've done in 70.3s, they've typically all been quite hot races, to be honest. Um, so that was okay. And then with the race itself, I mean, I, I, I didn't have high expectations at all. Like even with the time, I broke up the course to recce it a few different days and I I just knew it was going to be a slow bike. And so I thought to myself, okay, I might be doing well here to even just break five hours. So on the day then with the swim, I was lucky I did find some good feet actually. And I kind of followed them around the whole way. So I kind of had a quick look at the watch when I got out of the water and was like, okay, it's a little bit ahead of target. Um, and then on the bike, um, just was a fabulous bike course. I loved it. It, it was, to be honest, it was my type of bike course, you know, in terms of the hills and stuff like that. I do like. Um, and then the run was was survival. So it's never a good, even when I'm fit, it's never a good uh, part for me. So I, overall, yeah, I definitely exceeded my expectations. I didn't have high goals at all. So I was delighted. Yeah. I want you all to talk to me now about Windmill Hill because I actually did not get to get on the hill even for a minute. I could hear the noise. I could hear Jay. I could hear Owen. I could hear the music. I could hear the roars. But I actually did not get on Windmill Hill on race days. So Deirdre, what was it like? 
Oh my God. So I, I'm so glad I had actually practiced it beforehand. And I, one of the girls in Dubai lives quite locally and she was doing the half as well. So I met up with her about 10 days before. So she was able to show me exactly when to change my gears and have everything. So we, so I did it that day, but like, I kind of only did it that day because I was like, if I don't do it now, there's no way I'll be able to do it on race day. So on race day, then obviously you're a bit more cooked, like 89 K, whatever done in your legs. And I was like, okay, here it comes. And I, to be honest, my, my bike set up for that, the gear set or whatever. I'm not really good with all that stuff, but it wasn't basically good for that type of hill. So it was a real, real grind. And then I was like, I, I did hear my dad right at the kind of the start. And then I was like halfway up and I was like, sugar, like, I don't think I can do this. And I was like, if I, I won't be able to clip out, so I'm actually going to fall. This is going to be so embarrassing. So I was like, okay, I just got to like, I have to just keep on going. So I was dying. And, um, but it was like, it was electric. It was absolutely amazing. Like I was even veering when I was getting towards not the top top where I leveled out but still the steepest part and the people had to move back even um and then I got to the piece where I could finally sit down again and I didn't even attempt to try and do a fast you know the way there was the the extra challenge of the of the, um, the bike split or whatever I was like no way I need to spin the legs now before I get into t2 but um amazing I, I to be honest if I look back at all the craft and races I've done that will that's the highlight for sure uh, Graham, you also only had to do Windmill Hill once on race day. Uh, once was enough. I suppose I wasted so much breath on, on the weeks coming up to about what we were actually going to do on Windmill Hill. So I had decided that I was going to put a ceiling on the amount of watts that I was going to put out and just get up the hill. And that all just completely went out the window and you turned the corner. You could not, but keep going and go as hard as you can. There's so many people there and so many roaring. And I got out and it was only it was only the day after I checked the training peaks and I had one minute power records that was definitely not meant to be put out two minutes before you started your run. But there was no other way to go up it other than giving everything you have and up through the middle and the people moving apart. It's just such a great experience going up with you. Yeah. Not easy. Definitely not easy. Absolutely not easy. Um, Ellen, you had to do it twice. Yeah, look, it was just amazing. The noise, the first time when I turned the corner and I heard the noise and I thought I was smiling, but I've seen the photographs now and I'm clearly not smiling. I'm like gritting my teeth, but uh, in my head I was. Uh, yeah, so I got up the first time and there was a German guy just ahead of me and he got up as well and he swore and cursed for like <laughs> about five minutes afterwards and I cycled past him and I don't know what made me say it, but I said it'll be worse next time. <laughs> so, so I hope he finished the race. I didn't put him off, but uh, uh, yeah. And then the second time up, um, there was great excitement because uh, some of my club mates were there and they they told uh, uh, the Ironman guy that, oh, first age group woman is coming. So I got a big roar that time. So I, I knew I had to keep pedaling then. Uh, so yeah, it was, look, it was great. It's, um, I was trying to tell people at work like last week what it was like. And that's what you go back to, like Windmill Hill and the thousands of people and the noise and the cheers. Yeah, felt like a celebrity. Absolutely. And, and uh, what about your tactics for going up that hill? My tactics, uh, so my tactics should have been, as I heard from other people, is before you hit the corner, get off the bike and run up it. Because <laughs> the videos, you see a lot of people with in their socks, their uh, shoes on the tri bars and they're running by people. No, I, I believe uh, first time up it. Yeah. So you're attacking it big time. 
second time of it, you're trying to attack it. But the crowds, absolutely what people are saying, like Tour de France, they're on top of you. They're brilliant and all that. Even people you know, they're urging up it, but you're burning so many matches going up it. You're always thinking, second time up it, I'm just thinking about the run. In hindsight, I should have jumped off the bike and ran up it because at the end of the day, you can see people passing people out. You can save a few matches for the run because as I said before in T2, I sat there and watched a professional um, female go through like it was a sprint. And I just sat there thinking, my God, what is she doing? I just sat there. I, I waited. I waited throughout my stuff. I said, where are my legs? Where are my legs? And I blamed and I cursed Windmill Hill because as good as it is, and it is, it's absolutely brilliant because you have everyone encouraging you. People don't understand. It's 21 degrees. It's mad. It is mad. If you ask me about Windmill Hill again, I, I would consider. I would actually, four of us, I'll run up it in my socks. You can cycle up it. See the difference. See how many matches I could save and what you could burn. If I were to do Ironman Ireland again, I would consider getting off the bike before the corner because once you hit the corner, you hear the crowds. And once you're on the bike, you have to go up on the bike. But once you come around running, you're all right. <laughs> I so, actually drove up it on Monday and I was afraid the car the would pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> I saw but a did you hear that, uh, Rob, uh, Rob um, from WeWorks? Yeah. Oh, he was going to burn his clutch out. Yeah. And you see the policeman that hopefully he didn't take anyone out, but he went up <laughs> and he up so slow he fell over. <laughs> the more I couldn't get out. I'd be afraid that I'd be cycling up it, and I think was it you, Deirdre, that mentioned that if I had to clip out, I'd fall over. And like, this, mm-hmm. well, the only thing is, you'd have a soft landing because you might fall into a spectator. But that's what would scare me about going up with it. If I couldn't do it, you'd go backwards on the bike. Yeah. But you'd have to, you'd have to just fall. Well, I, I would uh, actually uh, propose to anyone to try it, it, it uh, in saving burning matches of trying to burst your gonads getting up it is try to run up it easily. I, what's the difference? What? 30 seconds you can save your legs for a run oh, uh, I do the recce down there and uh, and I went out for a run after after doing a bike recce and I ran up to um, where T2 was for the 70.3 and I went to come down Windmill Hill on foot while oh. out running <laughs> and I had to stop and walk I'd I'd go up on the bike all day I wouldn't wreck I people clipping out I'd say you'd burn as many matches and it'd take you 20 minutes to get up the hill there. <laughs> we have to wreck it. Yeah. <laughs> I race you. We, we, oh, thanks. Do, um, uh, we might have to do a try talking sport king and queen of the hill <laughs> ahead of um, Ironman Ireland next year. We put the four of you to the test. You can go up faster if you cycle it or run it. Could, could be interesting. What was the highlight of the day for you? Uh, Enda, we'll stick with you for the moment. What was the highlight of your race day? The run, the run had to be, it was the uh, biggest fear because of the, the weather, the, the heat, the whole lot. But um, absolutely, the run was the biggest highlight for me because uh, the whole crowd, as um, as uh, Ellen uh, said, first half is with the crowd. Second half is out by yourself. But coming in, so my first lap was coming up and we all remember the estate. Remember going up to the estate? There yeah. was people there canopied yeah. out and they were having their Prosecco. And I, I think it was around 12 o'clock. So I asked them, uh, say me one of those. Second time around, they were, had the beers out. The lads had the beers out. I said, lads, I'll be back. No problem. Third time around, they were setting, there was a band setting up. You remember that? The band was setting up in the green? Mm-hmm. Ellen, especially. There's a band setting up in the green. And fourth time around, I was in no man's land to talk to no man. But the <laughs> band was playing away. And I always said to myself, if I could, I would. But I couldn't walk. I'd go back down there for the crack. That estate. Remember that estate? He's all oh, on they had some crack up there. So the run for me was the best part because it's the one I feared most because of the heat, the whole lot. But um, with the kids, especially the kids, 
whatever, uh, when we throw the warrior, I said, shoot away, lads, shoot away, just keep water coming on me. And uh, people holding the hoses, the whole lot, and the whole of y'all for a run was absolutely brilliant. And that's my favourite part of the Ironman, if I can say a favourite part, can I? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Deirdre, you're smiling away there, nodding your head about the run course. Um, but what was your highlight of the day? I, I think it had to be in the finish line. Um, obviously, you know, being it was lucky that there was no pro field. So I was able to, you know, cross the finish line first. And it was just nice. I think it was about at the 20k mark. Well, to be honest, my, my family sort of got it wrong on the spectating front with the run course. Um, I kind of had warned them, guys, it's actually quite spectator friendly if you if you uh, move around, but they didn't quite get that piece. So I saw them at the very beginning and then I didn't see them at all. So I was like, okay, what's that happening with like, you know, my sisters, the nieces, the nephews, mom and dad. Um, and then luckily my husband at about 20K had come out because he, he was ringing them saying, where are you? And they're like, oh, we're down the finish line. They said, she's got another about 50 minutes left of running to do. Um, so anyway... I saw my 20K and I was like, uh, where is everyone? And he was like, they're all at the finish line. So I was like, okay, everything is okay. Nothing's after happening. Um, and I think getting that piece of information was uh, vital because otherwise I probably would have been crossing the line going, okay, what's after happening? But I just think like the noise running in there, obviously you announcing like, you know, first female, um, seeing my niece and nephews, my sisters, mom and dad, and just being able to run through the tape. Um, like that was fantastic I'll always remember and that would be definitely such a highlight when I look back so yeah it was brilliant brilliant and Ellen for yourself what was your highlight of, of your race uh I think the run as well yeah I just um just I I similar to Enda I got off the bike and I I ran into T2 and actually um the lady the first aid lady said I think my neck was burnt and she said oh would you like to come to first aid for a while and I was like no you're grand I have to do a marathon uh so uh she gave me a towel for my neck while I was in the changing area um and I was very worried what would the legs would be like, how will we cope with the heat? And I just went out and uh, straight away I saw my mom and my two sisters and my legs felt good. And I was like, yeah, it's on. So, yeah, just loved, loved the run. You mentioned there you were worried about the run. So how did you deal with any negativity that might have been in your head going out onto that run course and being worried about it? Well, I have to give a great credit to Will Clark, my coach on this, because he had me really, really well prepared. Um, and he said to me, the first uh, lap of the run, run it at 5.30 pace. It'll feel like a jog. And even if you feel awful off the bike, you'll know you can do that. Now, I went out and I was running faster than that. And I was like, oh, no, he's going to kill me. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, I think that just, um, yeah, that just made me re- calm down. Um, and then the whole way through the run course, um, Will was actually texting Brendan and giving me giving me little messages and it was all about staying calm stay hydrated it's just a long run um you know the only thing you can do now is mess it up which that one was kind of a little bit <laughs> a little bit worrying but um uh yeah so I think I just really stayed in the moment and then just really broke the run down um and the only thing I was worried about I had ran in my long runs I hadn't gone any further than 26k so I had this fear about what would happen when I got to 26k but nothing happened my legs kept moving so uh, and then it was just about taking taking the k's down after that then brilliant graham for you what was your highlight oh that had to definitely had to be the run uh, for a few different reasons i suppose one i didn't know where it was position wise on the bike and once i came out of um onto the run 
which would be my best discipline. I knew I, I knew I had good run legs, and when I'd seen so few bikes in transition, uh, I knew I was going to be somewhat in the mix. I had a great moment coming down the main street where most of the people were, but there was obviously a speaker from the finish line area that was transmitting through, and you were actually kind of commentating, and I could hear you say that I was chasing down the person in front, and I was just saying, I thought to myself, Jesus, isn't that great? Imagine there were speakers everywhere and there was someone live commentating when you're at the pointy end of the race. Uh, that was a great boost to hear that you were in the mix and going for it, but just the huge crowds carrying around the run. And as everyone knows, like when you get out in the run in a triathlon and you've good run legs, you know, um, it makes life very easy at that stage. But yeah, the run was definitely the highlight. And for anybody who's thinking about doing it next year, um, Enda, what advice would you give them? For next year? Yeah, um, somebody's thinking about do, doing do it. Do the 70.3. <laughs> <laughs> well, take on there, man. Have no expectations. Go and enjoy it. Um, like, uh, what I did, the swim to me was just a warm-up. Um, I just got in there. Um, I got my time. Um, to do it, yeah, just take your time. It, it's It's breaking it up. Just breaking it up. I remember when I was in the swim. I wish I was on the bike. All of a sudden, I'm on the bike. On the bike, I wish I was on the run. All of a sudden, I'm on the run. Then again, I'm wishing I'm on the run. I'm saying, where's the finish line? I'm in the finish line. Then I'm in the tent. It just goes so quickly. Enjoy it. Enjoy everything about it. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be over. Because um, as I was speaking to lads on the Wednesday in work, I said, it's going to be Tuesday. I'm going to be back here in work. All of a sudden, I'm back in work. I'm talking to them. They're, they're congratulating me. They're doing this, do that. Enjoy. I went down, um, I think I went down on the Thursday. Yeah, because they're closing over. Um, Y'all, for anyone that's doing the Ironman, get down there. Enjoy it. If there's nerves, um, there's a good one for uh, you, one. I met one of your friends down there as I was in, um, that morning of the Ironman, um, I was in the tent and I, there was a fellow on the speaker there. He was asking for um, a bottle. I had a bottle in my bag because I had to, to fill up one of my um, aero bottles. But I brought it up, gave it to your man, but I came back to the lads I was talking that the nerves were hitting me. But the boy said, that's good karma. I said, I hope so. But on my way out of the tent, your man announced again, anyone got a, uh, a racing belt? I ran back in and uh, the boys looked at me. He said, you don't have a racing belt. No, I'm only checking for my own. <laughs> so the nerves come to me. But on the hill, walking up to the lighthouse, you know the lighthouse when you're walking up to it yeah. for the swim start, there was um, Shane McHale and Oliver Harkin he was taking a photograph and this will sum it all up for nerves for everyone all that and uh, Oliver Harkin was saying to Michael, will you smile he said what the fuck's a smile about <laughs> <laughs> so at that point I just laughed myself and kept walking on it just the nerves settled a bit but for anyone that's trying to do the, the the full distance or the half distance whatever it is for the first time just enjoy it enjoy every bit about it because there's everyone from age categories to professionals whatever that are at your level or someone else's level, but everyone's in the same, everyone's going to have nerves, everyone's going to, everyone's going to have every kind of symptom that they're going to have, but enjoy it. Just enjoy it. That's what we're doing. Take every bit from the opening ceremony to the end. Take it all in. Enjoy it. Did, did the nerves go at all, Enda? Did you still have nerves and the butterflies entering the water? It went just directly when you're supposed to go. That's it. You know, you're nervous until then, but when the men go, go. That's it. You know, that's it. End of go. Solid advice. Just get down and enjoy it. Deirdre, for you, what advice would you give to somebody doing it next year? Well, make sure they get their entry in early before it sells out. Um, and yeah, similar to what Enda said, 
you know, at the end of the day, we're all amateurs and we've all other stuff going on. You know, we all probably got into this for similar reasons in terms of, you know, keeping ourselves fit and healthy. And sometimes if we take it too seriously, it can actually be more of a burden. And that's not what we got into it for. So it is all about enjoyment. And obviously, it's nice to set some goals. I'm not saying it's all, you know, it's time to get, you know, you want to do the best you can each time as well. But particularly for first timers, it is about getting around the course, you know, seeing what it's all about, lap up all the support. Um, yeah. And put the child of Prague out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> for no rain. Um, Ellen, what would your advice be for somebody taking on the full distance in Cork next year? Uh, I, I think if there's an opportunity to go down and do the bike course in advance to, to go and do that and um uh, I, I bought Brendan down for a, a romantic weekend for his 40th birthday to, to y'all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, so it definitely helped to be able to, to see the bike course. I, I, I felt very calm during the race, which I'm so happy that I did. And I think it's because you do the work and training and that's where it's hard. And then race day is just about going out, staying relaxed um, and, and enjoying it, as everyone else has said. Well, they do say for the for the Ironman distance that all the hard work is done in training and that your Ironman race day is actually the victory lap. All of the hard work that you that you have put in up to that point. Graham, advice for somebody planning to take on the event next year? Yeah, I suppose, especially for the, the full as, as being someone who, who has made um, errors in the past, it's very important to respect that distance in terms of training. As my coach would say, it's it's not so much a race as a, a long day's training is all it is. But uh, especially if you're going taking on the full, if you're going down to us to enjoy it, go down to enjoy the 70.3. If you're going to take on the full, make sure you have the time to put the training in. Because I'm telling you, if you go out doing a full and you haven't got that training in the bank, you're not going to have fun and you're not going to enjoy that day. And there's no fun in walking half a marathon or a marathon. Um, we did have some uh, questions come in from the audience and uh, Hugh Fairclough, our Ironman photographer, wants to know, did you all manage to get to the nook for a pint? Yes, I definitely did anyway. What about you, Enda? No Guinness, no? In the nook? The rain, the rain came down. <laughs> the rain destroyed my uh, day, you know. <laughs> Deirdre, what about you? Did you get into the pub for a pint after the race? No, I didn't. had to get home and then back down again, so had no time. <laughs> And Ellen, were you celebrating late into the night on Sunday? Not in the nook, but um, I have to say we were staying in a lovely Airbnb and um, the owners dropped in a bottle of champagne to us. So that was pretty nice of them. Oh, that was very nice of them, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they were, they were so excited by the whole event and everything as well. So it was great. Great to see. Brilliant. Colm OG on Instagram asks, what was the biggest takeaway or learning for each of you from the day? So Ellen, we'll start with you first on that question. Uh, yeah, I think uh, something that uh, Will had said to me, particularly because it was going to be so hot, it was just about um, don't dig into the reserves too early. You know, just play the long game with it. And yeah, I think that's that's a huge thing to take away from from doing any Ironman. It, it's different. It's different from the sprints and Olympics and even the middle distance. Graham? Uh, I suppose if, you, if you're planning on racing it and going hard, I suppose I threw the kitchen sink at it in terms of I was down there. I'd wreck his done on the bike and the run. Uh, we were ready for the hot weather with heat prep, everything we could do. We left no stone unturned going down. So it, it gives you that bit of confidence when you're standing on the start line to know that you've done everything you can and just you can go and enjoy it then race day. Enda? 
for me, the swim is the swim, but for the bike, especially for Ironman distance, um, I suppose I went out too, um, for the first lap, not enough bottles. Second lap, I put on too many bottles. I was just scared. You know, with the heat, I was just drinking too much. I recce did a few times and I had considered two bottles every lap. But with the heat that was in it, I was drinking way too much. Well, I had to drink enough to keep the fluids in. For the bike, especially with the heat running, like you have to know where your stations are. You have to know um, what you're drinking. You have to know when you're going to take it on or if you have enough or not. So, yeah, the bike course, big time for me for nutrition, the aid stations, the whole lot. And then Deirdre, finally to you. I don't think there was anything major afterwards that I thought, oh God, I totally got that wrong. I think I was fairly, you know, with the transitions and knowing exactly where everything was. Um, so nothing, nothing very specific that came out of it for me, to be honest. We know you're racing in Abu Dhabi uh, towards the end of this year. Is that the big A race now for, for the end of 2022? I think it probably will be, yeah, to be fair. I think that, yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of like, you know, I'm heading back to Dubai on Friday. Uh, one of the buddies is racing Kona, so I know they were out for a long 186k starting at 3am um, this weekend. So I'll probably kind of tie in with some of that and help him along a bit. And uh, then hopefully kind of know I need to get a bit of speed into the running. That's the one that I that would be my weakest for sure. So I, I need to try and improve on that and uh yeah so Abu Dhabi Olympic distance November is my next one great and Ellen uh are you doing Dublin City triathlon sprint race or aqua bike in the next week uh no I think next week's probably a little bit too soon uh but um look hopefully maybe by the end of September there's still a few uh, national series races there's a big contingent from Bell Park going out to Kashkai uh, in October. So I haven't entered yet but I do have half an eye on the 70.3 there. And that's another fabulous race. Looks great, yeah. Yeah, there's a big Irish contingent actually going out as far as I know. I think we'll be one of the biggest countries represented out there, similar to uh, to last year. Graham, we know Utah and the heat is on the cards for you towards the end of October. Is that the big race between now and the end of the year for you? Yeah, that's it. Eight, eight weeks to that now. And time for a rest then, I think, after, after two years. Um, two years since I've last had a rest. So I think... Uh, yeah, eight weeks to Utah now, so head down from next week on. I suppose the goals are different different over there at a World Championship race, so it'll all be just about putting down what I can put down and it'll be what it'll be, so uh, looking forward to it now. It's going to be another fantastic race day out in Utah. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, Enda, for you, will you be allowed to go and do a bit of swim, bike and running now or have you to make up for all the time spent training over the past few months? That's the problem. That's the problem. So I'm supposed to be in for uh, Phoenix Park next weekend but it's a good goodie bag so i'll I'll probably go up and collect it but my main next goal is the marathon dublin city marathon so uh that's it so we'll see what comes out of that if i'm allowed as you said yeah we don't know so you did a 311 marathon after swimming 3.8k and biking 180k including windmill hill twice what's the target for dublin city marathon my target is to chase the tailcoats of a fella down here arby story he has a he is a 2.38 marathon, so I'm just going to chase him around the, and hold on to him as long as I can. If I can pass him, I can pass him. If I can't, <laughs> leave it off. <laughs> I'll blame yeah. Ironman. <laughs> you, maybe maybe you need the swim and the bike before the run to get you warmed up. No, get him in the swim and the bike. I'll just do the run. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think that's going to bring us right to the end of the episode. So a huge thank you to you all for sharing some insight into your racing. Very insightful and entertaining, as I expected. It was a pleasure to see you all race. Congratulations on your racing. I can't wait to see how the rest of your season unfolds. And let's see what happens in 2023. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can get in touch with any feedback or guest suggestions by emailing me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com. You can follow all of our activities and podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Pop by, say hi, let me know what you think of the show. And if you are new to Try Talking Sport, you're very welcome. Please do check out some of our previous episodes. You will be impressed and inspired by our guests. Finally, be sure to sign up to our e-zine featuring articles of interest, some great discounts and of course the inside track on supporting your triathlon and endurance sport journey wherever it may take you. Sign up on www.trytalkysport.com. takes 30 seconds and I promise I won't bombard your inbox with emails, just the important stuff. Until next time, stay safe, keep smiling and remember to look for fun and adventure in every day. Yeah.